Are stocks celebrating a recession? Weak economic data around the United States and the rest of the world for that matter, and yet the stock market is up. We have to wonder if stock investors are falling into what is a common trap, which is to associate everything with the Federal Reserve and prospects for rate cuts. And, in, and from that perspective, the stock market is looking at weak economic data as if it's going to back Jay Powell off of them to get Jay Powell off of Wall Street's back. So in this initial period where the economy looks rougher and rougher, from this perspective of exclusively the Federal Reserve and rate hikes, it seems as if what looks to be a uh, the worst part of a recession is actually a positive until we actually get to the recession itself and suddenly everything looks differently. But for right now, Wall Street is celebrating what it looks to be confirmation that, yes, we are heading into a recession and a misreading of the middle part of this year, which was nothing more than a temporary rebound. I'll give you an example. Just today, BlackRock's Jeff Rosenberg said on Bloomberg, the narrative is changing and the facts are driving that. But it's not completely about Wall Street turning a blind eye to potential weakness. Rather, what's already been priced into riskier assets so far this year, as Rosenberg put it, how do you rally in front of a slowing labor picture? It's a matter of where we are. Equity markets were weaker while the economy was strengthening. And I'm, I'm reading that quote, Steve. And I'm does that even make any sense that stocks were down when the economy was, was strengthening in the middle part of the year? Now that the economy is weakening, stocks somehow are up. Is there some inverse correlation we're not aware of? Jeff, I'm completely baffled here. It makes opposite sense. I mean, you think in a booming economy, profits would be up, revenues would be up. That would be good for stock prices in a slowing economy. I mean, just seems to make sense that we would see the opposite. That is, of course, unless you believe in the myth of central banking and how it affects stock prices. But we'll get to that. But that's, you know, that's the point is that. We're looking at, uh, I think, from the stock market perspective, most people, it's Fed, 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 Fed. And they're taught that when interest rates go up, that's bad for stocks. When inflation goes up, and that's the reason why interest rates are going up, that's bad for stocks. And so we have the Goldilocks scenario, which is not really that interest rates are, 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 are the Fed's going to stop hiking. It's really the economy slows down just enough, the absolute perfect amount that it, that Consumer price pressures disappear because the demand gets a little just just weak enough. And that that not only does that back off consumer price pressures themselves, it backs off Jay Powell, too. And so we have this nice, soft landing. It's a little bit weaker than maybe you would like, but that sets up for the next stage, which is what everybody wants to get prepared for. The recovery. So if we go into this disinflationary soft landing, the Fed is done. Everything's great. Buy now before we get to the recovery, because if you'll miss out on it if, if you if you wait too much longer. And the problem is, if you're wrong about the Goldilocks scenario, which is, as you and I have been talking about for how long now, there is no soft landing. So what if the weakness that we're seeing in the economic data is confirmation that there is no soft landing? Then you end up making this common mistake by buying the YOLO get into the recovery when we're actually in the real initial stage of the big downturn. So Jeff, I think what we're seeing here is the stock market that everyone likes to believe predicts the future, that it, it just sees things that you and I can't see. We see the economic data weakening 
heading into recession. But what is the stock market, at least from an investor's perspective here, is saying, wait a minute, maybe we're just going to see, maybe we won't call it a soft landing. Maybe it'll just be a mild recession in the first quarter, first half of next year, which a lot of experts are predicting anyway. If that's true, then the stock market, I mean, Jeff, you have to agree. Could, why isn't the stock market just pricing it in now? So well, you would want to get in because by the time we get to the soft landing, the market will then be pricing in the bull market and you would have missed out on the best possible time to get in. And so, of course, you get in now because you know the Fed's going to cut rates a little bit. And maybe that's all it needs. Maybe maybe the Fed has done such a good job this time. Maybe the best job they've ever done of engineering a soft landing that all we need is just a little back off, you know, a little decline in the funds rate, a little drop in yields, and that will spur a massive amount of buying because, hey, as long as the jobs market holds up, which everyone claims it will, of course, we know it won't, and then wages hold strong, then all of a sudden, the, the recipe here makes sense. Buy now before it's too late. Yeah, that's it. It makes sense. There's an intuitive sense to exactly what you're saying. And that's, I think, the problem is you have to step back from that because like a lot of, a lot of misconceptions, it starts out with a big kernel of truth. If that was the case, if you're right, if we go into recession, even in the fourth quarter of this year, um, which looks more and more likely, uh, and then the first part of next year, you're right. if it's just a shallow recession, it won't have that much of an impact. You do. You want to buy the recovery long before you see the recovery, because otherwise everybody else will see it before you do and you miss out. So that much makes perfect sense. The problem is what you're betting on is a literal Goldilocks scenario, which is absolutely the minimum least probability event. As we know, we, we keep saying soft landings don't happen. Mild recessions that produce no impact on the stock market, they don't actually happen. When you look through economic history, you go through these periods where you're questionable recession. And then when you get to the, the part of the part of the recession, that everybody agrees is a recession, which is the labor market stuff. That's never good for stocks. As you always say, Steve, rate cuts are not a positive thing. Rate cuts are the central banks reacting to the weakness in the economy and saying, oh, oh I got to panic a little bit here, too. So. If we get the rate cuts and we get enough economic weakness that the Federal Reserve is cutting rates and the ECB is cutting rates in the Bank of Japan, well, they never stop. They never hike rates. But when you get to that part, that's when it's too late to go back and rethink your thesis and say, that wasn't a Goldilocks soft landing. That was the confirmation that the worst part of the recession is about to hit. Yeah, Jeff. And so you add on to this. We heard from Barkin today and he kind of said, oh, wait a minute, time out. I know you're all excited about you know, the payroll board cooling off, but, but that's what we wanted. We wanted to see the slowdown, but we're not going to budge on cutting rates until we bring inflation down. The problem is, Jeff, you and I know, and we talk about this all the time, that what's going to happen is inflation is just going to do whatever it is. And all of a sudden, one day, it's just going to fall off of a cliff. By that time, it's way too late for these policymakers to react to because normally in this cycle, when you see payrolls declining, when you see the stock market kind of in this mode where everyone's euphoric, the Fed should actually be cutting here. And yet nobody really understands. They think the Fed's going to cut. But what the problem is the Fed's going to cut so late this cycle the data is going to suggest, and I think this is kind of where you're going here, is that it's too late. And maybe under normal conditions, if the Fed was cutting here, we could start to make the case, maybe we get a soft landing or maybe the mild recession is real if we can keep the labor market intact. 
The problem is there's no signs that the labor market, at least not even in the U.S., but around the world is going to hold up here. But there's just so much hope that it is. You're, I mean, that's it's not just consumer prices that are nonlinear. You're right. Consumer prices, they kind of they they slow down a little bit and chug along and chug along. And then all of a sudden, oops, it's, it's just off a cliff. And the same thing happens with the labor market. And I know we've been talking about labor market weakness for many months now. And people are like, hey, you guys have been we're tired of listening to you about the labor market. But this disinflation cycle has elongated the recession cycle, not eliminated it. It just pushed it back further in the year. And what we've seen in the labor market statistics recently, for everything from continued claims to the household survey, we see the unemployment, for, unemployment rate is starting to jump. And the unemployment rate is rising not because of uh, American workers joining the labor force as they were doing during the summertime. Over the last couple of months in particular, September and October, the unemployment rate is up because of what you associate the unemployment rate rising with, lower jobs. And you just mentioned another thing, Steve, this is not a U.S. phenomenon. We see unemployment already rising in places like Germany and Europe. The unemployment rate in Europe was just just today. They said it was six and a half percent up from where it was before, 6.4 percent. Unemployment in Germany has been rising all year. We're already seeing the signs of weakness. And it goes back to what you said before. If you're depending upon the Federal Reserve as your signal, as the, the investment thesis, uh, I think you not only are they likely to miss the boat as they normally do, they're more likely to be they need more confirmation that the economy is weak than they would in normal, which is exactly what you were saying, than they would in a, a normal cycle, say in 2019. They seem to respond to that weakness in 2019 more quickly. And we should not expect that to happen this time around. The Fed is going to maintain this inflation bias as long as they possibly can. And as you're saying, Steve, by the time that the CPI or the PC deflator goes off, it's way, way too late. Yeah, Jeff, and I think what people are missing here, they're kind of excited about, you know, the, the being at the bottom of the bull market because who wouldn't? I mean, that's that's where if you have, you know, the, really the strength and the fortitude to buy it, you can make a lot of money. But as you're saying is we're looking around the world and we're seeing the labor market fall apart. I think what people are missing here. And they're really missing this. We already know the Fed and all the central bankers miss this. It's not that the yield curves are suddenly magically uninverted. They're still inverted. And that is an issue because when you see rates fall, and Jeff, I know you've written about this and talked about this. It tells us that along the end of the curve, when rates fall, the growth and inflation expectations are going down not up. So really the market on the on the bond side is having the opposite reaction say hey you know what we actually see the future a whole lot different than the equity market we know eventually the equity market will have you know its moment where it has to come to mean reversion and start to move the other direction but the bond market here i mean the yield curves and money curves to me jeff that's telling us everything we need to know and that nothing has changed except it may be getting worse. Yeah, and we've mentioned this a lot before over the recent months is that when everybody was focused on the sell-off in bonds at the long end, it was weird, not weird, but it was it was interesting. It was noteworthy how the two-year treasury was not involved in that whatsoever. So you had this September effect in bonds where rates go up every September, which means you can basically ignore that signal. It's a it's a it's a it's a non-fundamental or non-economic quirk. The fundamental was in the two-year not participating in the sell-off when all of the reasons that were given for the long-term rates going up would have applied and then some to the two-year. And the two-year was like, 
not buying any of this. And now where's the two year now? It's going, it's going lower again because all along the market has said the risks of this happening in the economy were far greater than the soft landing, which is always a minimal case to begin with. And as the economic statistics, and it's a whole bunch of them, continue to come in for especially September and October, it is merely confirming what bonds outside the long end sell-off have been saying all along. That was the recession was never eliminated in the middle part of this year. It was pushed back by the way businesses and consumers reacted to disinflation. But that reaction to disinflation was always going to be, I'm going to say it, transitory because there was no solid foundation to create a recovery. So we have one false signal after another false signal after another false signal. And behind those false signals, we've got Jay Powell smiling like a Cheshire cat saying, follow me into the promised land, the Goldilocks soft landing. And what we're saying here is that's such a low probability event. You might want to take a second look at what you're what you're doing. Yeah, and one of the I think one of the issues people keep coming. I want to come back to the "don't fight the Fed" mantra, Jeff. You've heard this forever, but yet this time we got that because when the Fed is hiking and particularly doing QT, because we hear we've heard so much about how quantum tightening is just the death knell for equities. People bought it this time. They they went all in on the deal. The market pulls back. They're coming in again and buying this thing like there's no tomorrow. But yet they just don't see that the economy doesn't move that fast. The Fed just can't move a lever of adjusting rates and the economy has an instant reaction. Maybe if the economy was a fraction of its current size, but when you get to the size we're at, I mean, they could drive the funds rate up to 20% or to zero and we wouldn't get a reaction for quite some time. And you know, you think back to prior cycles, you know, the Fed would drop rates and nothing would happen. So the idea here that investors are excited, as you mentioned, about a rate cut, it doesn't make any sense because all that is is the Fed admitting that they got it wrong. Because if they have it right, they should just get up to their current level and say, hey, you know what? We don't need to hike anymore. We thought about trimming, but we think we've got this thing dialed in perfectly. And you know what? We're all going to go on vacation for another six months because we're not changing rates. Have fun with that. But the reality is we know that's not true because when the labor market slows, and it's not just the you know, non-farm payroll growth slowing. What do we see in the report? We average hourly earnings starting to slow down. Weekly hours worked slowing down. Those are not signs anywhere of a booming economy that would say a stock market is going to surge higher. Now, with the unemployment rate now rising, it suggests that we've turned a corner here and that the recessionary process we've been talking about have finally, they finally grabbed the jobs market too. And that's where you get into uh, looking around the rest of the world, Europe and uh, other places where you see this economic weakness. It's not getting better. It's not going away. We're still staring at worse in front of us, which is your point, Steve, about the yield curve. The yield curve is still looking ahead. The yield curve is looking ahead and saying we still haven't seen the worst yet. And what was it um, last week we talked about Richard Clorida, the former vice chairman of the Fed, who mentioned that he was a little puzzled about how monetary policy transmission was evolving, which was a euphemism for we don't realize why we can't figure out why there's not a real a, a good correlation between what the Fed does and what the how the economy reacts. So if understanding what he was saying there, if you're depending upon the Fed rate cuts to steady the economy as it goes too far, maybe you should hear Richard Clorida's voice in your head as he said, well, we're not really sure why our policies don't correlate with economic statistics, because 
as the economy does get more and more weak, as we go into what more and more people recognize as a recession, that leads to the only hope you have at that point is Jay Powell. And again, going back to our thesis here, you're betting on a Goldilocks. And if the Goldilocks doesn't happen because it's a slim probability, your last resort really is that Jay Powell and somehow rate cuts can bail you out. When, as Steve just pointed out, rate cuts are always corresponding with the worst economic circumstances, not the best. Well, even then, Jeff. Okay, so let's add on to that. Because if we're going to look at, say, the stock market is predicting the future here and that it's right, and you just said, wait a minute, the yield curves predict the future. So let's put the test. Which one is more accurate? Simple. Overlay the yield curve against the stock market. And what you find is a bull steepener in yields. That is when yields fall is not bullish ever for equities. Now, maybe there's a lag where everyone gets excited. And that's what we're seeing now, this euphoria phase of, hey, lower rates should work. And then when they find out the economy is far weaker than anybody realized because, well, nobody really pays attention to the data. Next thing you know, yields are crashing and stocks are chasing it to the downside. We're just seeing investors react, unfortunately, as they always do at this place in the cycle. Yes, Dave, but it's like I said, we started out here. It's understandable why people do this. I mean, it makes there is lots of sense in it. So what we're really basically saying is if if this is something that you're thinking about, stop and think about it and think about it again and check all of your assumptions. Don't bet on the Goldilocks slim, slim chance scenario. And God forbid, don't depend upon Jay Powell to bail you out at the last minute because that's never going to happen. Well, he'll bail them out. It's just the bailout's not going to look like what they want. <laughs> no, the bailouts always come after, right? It's it's after everything falls apart. Then the Fed comes in and says, oh, we saved everybody. When you're like, wait a minute, what happened here? Everything's a mess. There are a ton more videos on the euro dollar system and its struggles, including one that's linked below me. As always, I thank you very much for joining me here. Huge thank you, Eurodollar University subscribers, as well as our Eurodollar University members, some of whom you see right here. And until next time, take care.